0: Welcome to the Victory Orlando podcast. We exist to reach people with the life-giving message of Jesus and to connect them with their purpose. To learn more about us, visit us at victoryorlando.com. Thanks for listening. We pray that you are encouraged and inspired by today's message. Well, today we're starting a brand new message series called Putting a Stop to Fear. I believe that God is bringing us into a season of breakthrough. It's a season of breakthrough for where we've been at a certain place. And we've kind of been there for a little while, maybe coasting even a little bit. But I believe that God wants us to break through to a new season where we move beyond maybe some understanding that we've had before. We move out of some old ways and some old things that we've been doing before. God has a season of breakthrough that he wants to bring us into. And so I'm so excited as we're getting ready to start these next several weeks talking about this whole idea of putting a stop to fear because I believe God has something great for us. I believe that in this series as we talk through these ideas that God is going to do some things in our lives because He doesn't want us to live lives uh, crippled by fear, paralyzed by fear. He wants us to live bold lives of faith, right? And so we're going to explore this whole idea of what it means. So today what I want to do is, kind of set the table. Did y'all ever, your mom ever tell you to do that? Go set the table. We're about to eat dinner. My mom would tell me that all the time. It means get the fresh linens on the table, get clean plates and napkins and forks and knives and all. We're going to set the table and talk about what this idea means to put a stop to fear. But then over the next several weeks, we're going to kind of unpack this idea into some very specific areas. We're going to talk about breaking the fear of lack, breaking the fear of man, of people, what it means to begin to pray the promises of protection and, and really just unpack some specific things about how we can put a stop to fear in our lives. So I would ask you this, don't miss a week. All right. Don't miss a week. Be in church. Be here because I believe God is going to move. And, and I, I believe that, man, when we approach God this way and we say, God, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to commit. I'm going to, uh, God, I want to see you moving. I want to see you moving in my life. I want to see things being different. I want to see you moving in my family. I want to see you moving in my, in my business and in my church. I want to see you moving. I believe when we approach God with bold faith, you know, scripture says we can come boldly before the throne of grace. So when we approach him that way and we say, God, I'm setting everything else aside because I want to see you moving, I believe that we begin to see him moving because he says, to everyone who seeks, they will find. To everyone who knocks, the door will be open. Amen? Amen. All right, so... I just, I know it's, it's crazy when we begin looking at our schedules, right? And things begin getting, gets busy. Our schedule gets filled up and all these things start happening. And it's just so crazy to me. The first thing that starts getting pushed off the calendar is Sunday morning and church and being regularly in the house of God. And I'm just challenging each of us, like, don't miss a week of uh, this series. I believe it's going to be a blessing to our lives. And I, be, I believe for some of us, we're going to begin to walk in freedom from fear for the first time in our lives, Like, I believe, like, that's what God's Word does is it brings light. It brings freedom to our lives. So I I want your expectations to be up. When you come, I want you to come ready. Come with, you know, something to take notes. Come with your Bible to church somebody. You know, get the Free You Version Bible app on your phone, and then I can see the glow on your face. You look angelic while you're sitting there. You know what I'm saying? So come ready. Come expecting. I believe God is going to do something great. Amen? Today, the word of the Lord is it's time to serve an eviction notice to fear. It's time to serve an eviction notice to fear. I hope that you have never come home to an eviction notice on your door. If you have, you know what a terrible experience that is. It's not fun at all. Um, what an eviction notice is, is it's a legal notice stating that whoever's uh, living in that property no longer has the right to live there and they have to vacate immediately, right? It's an eviction notice. You're being kicked out, right? And um, if the person chooses not to leave, what happens is that a local law enforcement officer will come and escort you off the property. It's an eviction. And I believe that fear is an unwelcomed house guest in our lives. It's not welcome. It's not meant to be part of our lives. And it's time for us as people who are followers of Christ to begin to say, hey, fear, you know what? The lease is up. It's expired. And it's time for you to get out of here. I know you've been trying to push yourself and worm your way in there and push yourself into my life. But it's time for you to go. And if you need a little backup, you know you got the best law enforcement officer of all time. He's got your back. His name is Jesus. Like fear, you got to leave in the name of Jesus. It's good. It's time for us to evict fear from our lives. There's hundreds and hundreds of named fears and phobias out there. Uh, I did some research this week, and it's interesting because not one uh, website lists all of the fears because there are new fears being invented and named all the time. So it's very difficult for one place to know this is the exact number of fears because they're just, it's constantly being added to, right? Some of the fears that are out there, you know, are like, uh, there's all different kinds of fear. Fear of people, fear of water, fear of rejection. There's FOMO. Now we've given our fears cute little acronyms, fear of missing out, right? There's all different kinds of fears. And then you get to some really strange fears, some fears I never would have thought of, like fear of flowers. That's kind of odd. Fear of knees, I'm not afraid of my knees. I'm thankful for my knees. And when you go to walk today, just know you you don't have to be afraid of your knees. It's just strange sometimes the things that we associate to fear. There's also the fear of gravity. Some of us just wish gravity wasn't so strong, but you don't have to be afraid of it. It's going to be there. You don't have to be afraid. Um, I looked up in, in the study, what is the number one fear of people these days? It's the fear of public speaking. Right, it's followed closely by the fear of heights. Uh, I never had the fear of had to deal with the fear of public speaking in my life, which in my line of work is a good thing. <laughs> um. I grew up, my mom had a theater company, and so I grew up in the theater and on the stage and stuff, so I learned, you know, how to be comfortable in those environments. But I will tell you this, that the enemy still comes at me sometimes, and like with thoughts and nerves and all kinds of things, you know, it's the thoughts like no one's going to like what you're about to say no one's going to be there. All all of those, they're just lies that the enemy brings at us, and I have to deal with those things in my life. But the interesting thing is that what fear wants to come and do is it wants me to back off of the thing that God has called me to do. Fear wants to, to get us to walk away from the direction that God has leading us because of something that's not even real. So we're going to unpack this idea today, evicting fear from our lives. If you've got your Bibles, you can turn to 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. It says this, it says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear and timidity, but he has given us power, love, and a self discipline. Some translations translate that last word self-discipline as a sound mind or a sound judgment or a clear mind. It's basically clear thinking. It's the ability to be able to think clearly in a moment of stress, in a moment of panic. I have a sound mind. I have sound judgment. I'm able to discern. I'm able to make clear decisions. I'm not just making panic or fearful decisions, right? So we have to understand a few things about fear. We've got to set the record straight on on how we relate to fear. So if you're taking notes, I want you to write a few things down today, some things we need to know about fear. The first one is this. God did not give us a spirit of fear, right? God did not give us a spirit of fear. So we are not fearful and we are not shy. Right, Scripture says we are not timid. We are not fearful. So we don't have to have a spirit of timidity or shyness. Right? What is fear doing in those moments is trying to get us to close our mouth, to back up, be quiet, don't talk so loud. But we've been given a voice. We have the greatest message. We are called to go and preach the gospel. I'm not saying everyone needs to be a public speaker. Okay? Don't, don't hear what I'm not saying. Everyone doesn't need to be a public speaker, but everyone is called to not live a life of fear. We're not called to be shy about it. God gives us places and spaces where we can have voices of influence into the lives of other people, And if, but if we let fear rule us in those moments, then we won't be ready or willing to step out and share the hope in the life that we have, right? See, fear wants us to get us to see all the bad, all the things that are going on, believe the worst case scenario, believe everything is going to fall apart, but what a spirit of faith then comes in and says is like, hey, there might, be stuff going on. There might be problems. There might be difficulties. There might be things to work through, but in the middle of all that, I still have peace and joy and hope, and in the midst of that, I'm also sharing that peace, joy, and hope with others, right? So there's a difference. So we have to understand that fear is not just an emotion that I feel. Fear is not just a, a physical response to something, because sometimes we, we experience fear and our body response, like people get flush on their cheeks, or the hair stands up on our arms, and we get that spidey sense, you know, like something in right, and we start to feel a little, like there's a physical, natural response, but what we have to understand is that fear is not just that emotion or that feeling. Fear is actually a demonic spirit. Scripture calls it the spirit of fear, that's why it's significant that uh, in 2 in, in Timothy, Paul writes, he says, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but he's given us a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and the spirit of a sound mind. So there is a spirit of fear. That's, that's what's coming at us. And as believers, we have to recognize this and see that God has not given us that spirit. Let's, let's go a little deeper this morning. You, you with me this morning? Yeah. All right. So fear is not from God. We know every good, every perfect gift comes from God, our Heavenly Father. Scripture tells us that. So the good stuff that we experience, God has good for us, and those good things come from Him. 1 John chapter 4 verse 18, we see this explained to us again. He says, there is no fear in love. Uh, Now this kind of love that he's talking about, He's not talking about uh, love between brothers and sisters. He's not talking about familial love, like family love. He's not talking about boy meets girl, kissy-kissing kind of love. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about this word here is agape love. It's unconditional, God kind of love that lays down your life for someone else. Like it's this kind of love. He says there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. Now this word perfect here is also translated as mature or complete. So God's love, perfect love, complete love, mature love of God drives out fear. That's an interesting statement. So he goes on, he says, perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment or torment. So the one who fears is not made perfect or complete or mature in God's Love. So God's love is coming, comes and drives out our fears, right? So there's something about God's love that is one of the most powerful substances that we have on this earth is God's love because it's driving out all fear. His love drives out fear. Isn't that good? That's good for us. All right, i got to make sure you're with me this morning. So it's no wonder sometimes people get mixed up in their ability to relate to God, and then they're struggling with fears, it's because they haven't received the love of the Father, right? Because the love of God drives out fear. So if we're constantly tormented and burdened by fear, I mean, we've got to begin to get a revelation of the love of the Heavenly Father. Did you know God loves you? He just loves you. You can't make Him love you more. You can't make Him love you less. It's good to know, isn't it? He just loves you. In fact, He loves you so much that He gave everything He had just to know you. So that hopefully you would want to know Him. Like He he loves us that much, right? So we have to understand that God's love drives out fear. So there's a difference between experiencing a moment of fear or an opportunity for fear or when fear comes to attack us and choosing to live a life crippled by fear. There's a difference between the opportunity and taking part in something, right? So there, I, just because an opportunity exists doesn't mean I have to make that part of my life. It's like this. If there was a box of 12 yummy warm, delicious donuts. Somebody's getting hungry in church today. If there were those donuts right here before us today, praise him. Just because there was 12 of them doesn't mean I needed to eat all 12, right? It might taste delicious, but it ain't good for me, right? Sometimes it's the same way in our lives is that there's opportunities all around us. Fear is coming at us all the time. We live in a culture that celebrates fear, that buys fear, that sells fear, that pushes fears, cute little things, pushes it to our kids, tells them that these things are okay, tell them it's okay to be shy, it's okay to embrace these fears. It pushes fear at us. There's fear coming at us, opportunities to be afraid all the time. But just because the opportunity is there does not mean I need to invite it to be part of my life. So what happens when someone receives Christ? Well, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, what the, uh, the Apostle Paul is doing is he's kind of pulling the curtains back. He's like, let's look under the hood and see what's happening in this moment when someone receives Christ. They receive salvation, right? He tells us in there, he says, in that moment, he says, all the old is gone. It's all gone, and we are made brand new. So in other words, all the old, all the hate, all the unforgiveness, all the bitterness, all the strife, all the envy, all the jealousy, all that stuff, all the sin is forgiven. It's all removed. It's all gone. And in that moment, we're made brand new right? Noah talked about it a minute ago. In Romans 5, it tells us that, hey, that God's love is poured out in our hearts. I believe that's part of that moment. As God is making us new, what is happening? He's pouring His Spirit into us. The very life, the very power of God is coming into our spirit in that moment. He's making all things new. So the love of God is coming in us, and we know from First John, it's driving out those fears, right? The fears can't stay. So, God is making us new. So, when we are in Christ, there is no fear in us. There is not a spirit of fear inside of us because it can't exist where the love of God is, right? The love of God is driving out all fear. So, we are made new. We are restored. We are brought back to a place of innocence before the Lord, right? And so, there is no fear in that place, right? That's, that's what's happening in this moment. So what we have to understand is that we get to decide how much of a voice fear has in our lives. Fear doesn't get to dictate the terms. We dictate the terms to fear. So we get to decide how loud the voice of fear in our life is. So just because the opportunity is there for the donuts, like if it's a struggle for me to eat the donuts then when there's an abundance of donuts around me, what it's showing me is that I probably need to get around someplace where there's not so many donuts, right? So if I have a problem with eating too many donuts, I probably shouldn't go to Krispy Kreme and Dunkin' every day, right? So taking it to the practical side in our lives, if I'm constantly struggling with fear, and there I am overwhelmed with opportunities to buy into fear, it can show me, that maybe I need to change my environment and the things that I'm around to get some different opportunities. Maybe I need to get out of an environment and into an environment of faith so that there's more opportunities to act in faith. Yes, there will still be fear that comes to attack me, but I don't have to be in a place where all I'm seeing is opportunities to fear. Maybe I need to change the friends that I'm around, the places that I pay to go to, the things I choose to watch. Whatever it is, I need to change some things. And that's what those opportunities are showing us sometimes. That like we got to change some of those opportunities. And I love the Bible because it's full of people who struggled with fear. I don't know the last time you read it and saw that in there, but Moses, he struggled with fear. He was afraid of people. What are they going to say about me? What if they don't listen to me? He was afraid to lead their God. They're not going to follow me. He was afraid, right? David was afraid. He was running for his life. He was scared of his father-in-law. He's trying to kill me. I got to run and hide. Gideon was hiding in a pit just to make his lunch because he was afraid of people. People were going to come and kill him. The Bible is full of people who who had fears, but it also shows us how those people, when they were called by God, learned how to evict fear from their lives and do what God had called them to do, and it's no different with us. There's going to be opportunities that come at us. There's going to be things we walk through, but the good news is we have everything we need in order to make the right decisions to do the things that God has called us to do, because we are not slaves to fear. Tell your neighbor, say, I'm not a slave to fear. That's right. Look at your other neighbor and say, stop in the name of love. You're like, some of you are like, pastor, What's love got to do, got to do? Y'all got to sing a little bit in church. (laughs) So the question for us is what are we going to do with our fears? With all the opportunities, you know, fear comes at our thoughts all the time. comes and attacks our thoughts, all the what-ifs, all the things going on. It comes wants to uh, come at our, at our physical reaction sometimes. It's coming at us. So what are we going to do with our fears? It's the fear, fears of the unknown, of the future. What's going to happen? Fear of failure. What are people going to think about me? What if I'm not able to? What if my kids go to this place and they get the wrong friends and they, they get mixed up and, you know, and rock and roll and drugs and all this stuff and their lives are ruined? Like, what if, what if, what if, right? But can I tell you, fear does not own exclusive rights to what if. Fear exists in this world of what if, but the spirit of faith also exists in the world of what if. So while fear comes in and wants to get us to believe that there's no option, that the only, uh, the only way is to be afraid, the only way is to believe in the fear that it's going to come to be, the spirit of faith comes in and says, hey, the Word of God is true and wants... To, what if God is a healer? What if God is a provider? What if God is uh, surrounds our families and, and goes with us? What if my children are, are taught by the Lord and, and, and live for Him all the days of their life? Like, it requires just as much from us to believe the Fear as it does to believe in a spirit of faith, amen. Yeah. Y'all, good good this morning. I got to make sure you're coming along. I'm preaching a little better than y'all are amen in today. <laughs> so, we've got to recognize the voice of fear, right? Because sometimes fear comes in with all those what ifs, you know, and it's like, I don't know if you've ever been like, What's this bump in my arm? and all of a sudden, it's like, What if, what if this is stage 12 cancer? I better get on a WebMD, I'm probably gonna die. What if I don't have any, enough life insurance and my family doesn't have enough, right? <laughs> what if I start giving for the first time and, I, and then I get to the end of the month and I don't have enough? What if, what if, what if? It's just, it's just a lie. It's just the voice of fear coming in our lives, trying to cloud us, trying to cripple us, right? Fear is a crippler. It wants to get us stuck in a place of inaction where we're in a a holding pattern. I don't know if you've ever been on an airplane and they've been like, we're going to circle around one more time. They've put us in a holding pattern. I don't understand all of that science of that is. We have a friend, her name is Julie. She does that. She understands all that. And I'm so thankful that she knows what to do but like sometimes it's in that holding pattern and you're just circling around. Can we land already? You know, but fear does that. It wants to get us in this holding pattern so that we can't move forward with all that God has for us. Like God doesn't want us to live stuck in a place. So that brings us to number two. If God, number one, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, here's the second thing that we need to know is that there are limitless opportunities on the other side of our fears. There are limitless opportunities God has for you on the other side of your fears. It's that holding pattern fear wants to get us stuck in a place where we can't move, we can't make a decision, we can't even move forward with the decision that God has spoke to us about because we're afraid of the future. Fear keeps us stuck in a holding pattern, but we get to decide how loud the voice of fear is in our life. So if fear has been yelling in your ear, and the voice of fear has been louder. It's time to turn down the voice of fear and turn the voice of faith up to eleven. Somebody, you know what I'm saying in the house? We got to turn up the voices we want to hear. But too often, as believers, what we do, we get stuck in these moments, or we see something going on, and we don't put a stop to the fear in our lives. So many people often invite the fear into their lives. We pay for it. We watch it. We, all these things, we encourage the fear to come in. We bring it in and make it part of our lives because somewhere we've believed a deception that we can coexist in a life of faith and half of a life of fear, and it just doesn't work. It just will never work. And so then we get in a place where we're, we're dealing with fear. We've invited fear in. Now we're trying to manage it. Now we're trying to cope with it. Now we're trying to medicate it. Some people put a mask on so it looks like everything's good on the outside. But on the inside, they're scared to death and they don't know what else to do. And their life is headed for destruction. And they're like, God, where are you? I thought you were going to help me. Where, where are you in all this? Well, the answer is simple. It's just what we've invested in. Right? I... Uh, I, I, I used to work as a web developer uh, for a trading company, um, and uh, I worked there many years. We developed products for traders and options and all that kind of stuff, and I learned a lot of great things about that industry. One interesting thing about stocks and all that kind of thing is if, if I were to take some money and invest and buy some stock in an Apple computer, right, then if the, the Apple stock were to rise in price, I could expect an increase on the money I've invested. Does that sound right? Same could be said if all of a sudden the Google stock goes up at the same time as the Apple stock. I should not expect money to come back from the Google stock because I didn't invest it there. Am I right? Okay. So often we take a different thinking when we approach God. Like, God, I want to invest my time, my money, my energies, my family, my resources the way that I want. And then when I have a problem, then when I'm overwhelmed by fear, I want God to come in and intervene. God, I still want your best. I still want your blessing. I still want you to move on my behalf when I need you to. I still want you to be involved. I want to live my life the way, but I just want to sprinkle a little bit of God on the weekends. And it's just it's just not going to work because we've only invested a little bit here. and so, But we're expecting a full return on something we've never invested in. We've got to flip the script and begin to invest in the thing that we want to return on, right? It's, so whatever we feed is going to grow, and whatever we starve is going to die. So if fear is constantly being fed into our lives, guess what's going to grow? So it's open book. It's, it's fear. Whatever we feed grows. Whatever we starve dies. So if I'm fed up with fear, then I better, if I stop feeding fear into my lives, then guess what? It's going to die. Try it with your plants. If you stop feeding your plants in your house and watering them, guess what? They're going to die. Please don't try it with your children. I just have to disclaimer, please feed your children. So somebody's like, well, pastor said to try it. I'm not going to feed the kids. No, feed the kids today, every day, all the time. I don't want to see you on the news that way, okay? (laughs) <laughs> we got to feed our kids right but it's just true the things that we feed are going to grow and the things that we don't feed and starve are going to die right the truth is is that god has good for our lives and if we want to begin to live out and live in all that god has for us it's going to take us making some decisions to live in faith and stop living in fear so that we can live out the plans god has for us amen, amen. all right So we're going to stop feeding fear and start feeding faith in our lives. So I want to give us a couple of practical things. I think it's good for us to have the understanding that, hey, we need to put a stop to fear. But then how do we go about doing this in our lives? Because I know in my own life, dealing with fear and some things like... Fear can seem strong and powerful and overwhelming and like, like nothing is going to get rid of this fear. And it's it's just a sham. It's just not true. So how do we begin to stop fear in our lives? It's a great question. I'm so glad you asked. If you're taking notes, I want you to write a couple of these things down. Here's the first thing. If we're going to evict fear from our lives, the first thing is we need to name the fear. Now, I'm not talking about like, confession. You know, we talk about confessing the word. I'm not talking about going on. I'm just fearful. I'm afraid of this. Like, no, I'm not talking about confession, but I'm talking about naming something. Hey, we need to be bold enough, enough confidence in God and what's inside of us, the spirit of faith that's inside of us. Like, hey, this is something I'm dealing with in my life. It's like if you were to go to the doctor and the doctor were to say, okay, what, what can I help you with? What's wrong today? Nothing. Everything's good. Okay, do you have pain anywhere? It's unspoken. I can't I can't tell you what it is. I just need you to find it. <laughs> I don't know many doctors who would stay long at that appointment. But sometimes we approach God this way. We're like, we want to we think that we're acting in faith because we refuse to acknowledge that we're dealing with something. That's not faith. So we come to God and we're like, mm, I got unspoken requests. I I just can't we gotta put a name on something sometime, right? Because when the doctor has a name of something, like now he can prescribe something to you to help you feel better. But we come to God and we're like, I just I wanna act like nothing's going on. I, I don't want it. But God has given us his word. And it's full of things. Everything that we encounter in life, God has given us his word. And there's something specific in his word for the big and for the small that is there for us to use to target, to combat something. So when we refuse to name the thing that we're fighting against, then we're unable then to take our weapon, the sword of the spirit, and then target that thing and attack it and defeat it. And we're just trying to turn to throw anything out there and hope it works. No, we got to begin in a place where we're willing to name it because We have enough faith in God and who he is. Now I've got a name on something. And aside from that, everything that has a name has to bow to the name of Jesus. Right? So I'm putting a name on something and then I can get to number two. First, I'm going to name it. Number two is I'm going to confront it with the word of God because I'm getting real specific. I've got this thing coming at me and I'm going to get real focused. I'm going to get real specific. Hey, listen up, fear. I know you've been trying to come at me with this, but listen, you better run. I'm coming at you with the word. You better get on that horse and get a head start. I'm giving you a count of five to get out of here because I'm coming for you. That's the authority that we've been given. We don't have to live a life like fear. Would you please stop bothering me? Like, no, listen. You have the most powerful thing in this world. You have the blood of Jesus that washes us clean. You have the name of Jesus, the name that is above every name. You have the love of God that's been poured out in your heart, and that love drives out. all. Like, we got everything we need to face it head on and win. Come on, somebody. We can give God some praise in the house today if you believe it. The world has a way of dealing with fear and trying to find peace, you know. Go to that tranquil ri- river, you know, and get to a better place. The yin and the yang. You know, get, get in a place of meditation and find your aura and, and take part in some yoga and uh, whatever else. But God has a clear path, a clear answer for us in how we find peace. It's just the best way. One of the ways, he shows us Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. He says, don't be anxious about anything but in every situation. So not some situations, but every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. That's the good news right there is God isn't saying, hey, only pray about these things. Only talk to me about... No, He's saying, hey, don't be anxious about anything, but instead just talk to God about everything. Isn't that a good solution, right? And He says, when we do that, He says, the peace of God which transcends all understanding. So the peace of God, it can't be explained in human terms. It can't be manufactured. It can't be sold. It can't be copied. It can't be duplicated. It can only come this way. The peace of God comes, passes all understanding. What does it do? It guards our hearts and our minds. Go ahead and underline those two words, mind and heart. God's peace, when it comes in, what does it do? It guards our hearts, guards our minds. Those words are significant. Because when fear comes at us, those are the entry points that it comes. It comes into our thoughts, the what-ifs, and all those things. It comes into our hearts and the physical response. It wants to get us to freeze, for be afraid, like, you know, like, ah. It gets to those entry points. Here, he's addressing those entry points. Jesus talked about the same thing. Let's look at it in Scripture. John 14, 27. Jesus is there with his disciples and in verse 27, he's teaching them, and he says this. He says, I'm leaving you with a gift. You didn't know you were getting a gift when you came to church today. Everybody loves a gift, don't they? Come on, a few of us do. If, if, you, if you don't like a gift, then that's okay. We don't have to get you nothing on your birthday. But just, I, I just know everybody loves a gift. And Jesus is saying, I'm, I got a gift for you, baby. I got something for you. He says, it's peace of mind and heart. Interesting how the word is, is complete, right? So Paul is talking about the peace of God coming in and guarding our hearts and minds. Jesus is saying, I've already given you the peace. So that's the good news for us is we don't have to pray and hope that God gives it to us. We don't have to try to earn it or, or feel like we deserve it. It's already yours. You already have the peace of God in you. Jesus said, I've, I'm giving it to you. Peace that's in you that guards your heart and it guards your mind. It's yours. Go ahead and tell your neighbor, say, I got Peace. That's right. He's given us his peace. Jesus addressed it again, these two things, specifically guarding our heart and mind. In Matthew 24, he was talking about the last days, right? And he said, in the last days, people's hearts would fail them because of fear. Hmm. It's no wonder in our day, heart disease is on the rise. I believe we're living in the last days. It's no mistake that Jesus is specifically saying, I'm giving you the gift of peace to guard your heart to guard your mind, to protect you, right? Another place in scripture says that the word is life unto our very body and to our bones, right? It's it's health to our whole body. It's for our hearts and for our minds. He says, and the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled. Don't be afraid. It's so good. It's so good, We don't have to live in worry. We don't have to be afraid. We don't have to live in anxiety or panic because we are already in possession of the peace that we need to guard our hearts and minds. It's guarding us. It's protecting us. It's keeping us safe. It's keeping the evil one far from us. Isn't that good? God has good things for us. So when the the attack comes, when panic comes, when worries and fears come with the thoughts and all those things, what do we do? First, we're going to name it. The second thing is we're going to confront it with the word. The third thing we're going to do is we're going to activate God's love, power, and a sound mind in our lives. We're going to activate God's power, love, and a sound mind in our lives, right? Because fear comes and it wants to rob us of something that God has already spoken to us. So so often we can be praying about something, seeking God about something, and God speaks to us. He gives us an answer. But then fear comes in and wants to cloud our vision. It wants to rob us of the clarity that we have from God, right? So So when God speaks many times, we're praying, we're believing God about something, and he will give us peace about something in a situation where we're trying to figure out, should I do this? Should I do that? What should I do? And then there'll be a clear like, oh, yeah, I feel, I feel right about this. This is the direction I should go. In those moments, fear wants to come in and get us to stop and begin to evaluate the, oh, but now what if when we have a clear direction of peace from God? So on the flip side, sometimes we're praying about a thing, we don't have peace. It's like oh, something, something doesn't seem right that means I need to wait. I need to stay. I shouldn't act like because God speaks through his spirit of peace, right? So there is that moment, but fear wants to cripple us and lock us in a place where we cannot move. That's the good news is that we have God's power. We have his power in us. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, you will receive power After the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and then you'll be my witnesses in in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So evidently, there was some power that we needed that we didn't have before. That's what God's power is. It's something that we couldn't do on our own. But then God, we receive God's power, and now we're able to do what he's leading us to do. So if you came in feeling powerless to, to stop fear in your lives, then we need to get refreshed and filled up with the Holy Spirit today because when the Holy Spirit comes on us, he fills us with power. So we need the Holy Spirit for power in our lives. Amen. He's given us his power. And how do we know that we can do that? Philippians 4 says, I can do all things how do we do the all things through Christ who gives me strength he gives us his power so evidently the things that he leads us to do we can't do without him we need his Power. But then his power comes on. It equips us to turn down the voice of fear. It equips us to get rid of some things in our life. It equips us to then take bold steps of faith. God's power then enables us to stop allowing the fear to be there and a thing we have to cope. And now we can take this fear that's there and turn it into a bold, bet the farm, risk-taking prayer that God can do something with, right? Because it takes faith to please God. Sometimes we want to please God by all the stuff that we do. Like uh, God, I'm going to pray enough today, and if I, if I read my Bible enough, if I do enough good spiritual things, then you'll be happy with me. No, it, it takes faith to please God. So we've got to begin to live bold lives of faith so that we can be pleasing to him. Amen. All right, so we can do all things. We have the power of God in us. But what else do we have? We have God's love inside of us. We know from 1 John 4 that God's love is powerful. It drives out all fears. Like, so you need, if you miss everything else today, know that God loves you, that you have God's love on the inside of you. So if fear is meant to cripple us and paralyze us, to get us in a place of inaction, then God's love is mobilizing us. It's a mobilizing force in our lives. It's God's love that's poured out in us that mobilizes us to see someone who is hurting and want to help them. It's God's love that is moving us into action. I've been uh, reading First and Second Corinthians in my time, uh, my scripture time each day. Um, at the end of 2 Corinthians, Paul writes this prayer in the very last verse of that book. And he's writing to the church there, and he writes this prayer to them. And, and truthfully, this is my prayer for us today, is this understanding. This is the message paraphrase version. He says, May the grace of the Master, Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God the Father, and the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. It's a beautiful piece of scripture. But I really believe it's more than just nice words on a page or a nice prayer to pray. I believe what he's doing is he's giving us a picture of who God is and how we relate to him. Right? So he gives us, tells us first the grace of Jesus, the amazing grace. That while we were sinners, Christ died for us. It's the amazing grace. We didn't deserve it. We can't earn it. Jesus gave us his life freely. It's the amazing grace of Jesus. But then he tells us about the extravagant love of the Father. Oh, that's good. Like the extravagant love of God the Father. Maybe you never knew God this way. So many of us Grew up learning about God, who was mad at us. God, who was a rule keeper, wanted us to stay in line. Don't mess up. You know, he's the big guy and going to throw lightning bolts at us when we mess up. Or maybe you always felt like he was like the Wizard of Oz, the big head floating there, and there's really somebody behind the curtains pulling the strings. That's not who he is. This is who he is. He has extravagant love for us. It's, like extravagant, holds nothing back. It's, it's lavish. It's over the top. It's everything you could hope and dream for and ever need. It's extravagant love of our Heavenly Father. And he says, and the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit. He's with us all. Like He's with us. This is who he is. It's God's love that's poured out in us. I don't know if you know that uh, Psalms 23 is not a funeral. Uh, it's not restricted just to funerals. It's for us every day. So we have God's power. We have God's love. But we also have a sound mind, a clear mind, able to think, discern, able to understand clearly. In in Psalms 23 and verse 4, David writes this. He says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. What's interesting, when David wrote this, he was actually running from King Saul, who was hunting him down with an army to kill him. And here, David is writing this. I think it's significant because David is acknowledging, hey, I've got a problem. I'm in the valley of fear right now. Fear is coming at me. And that would be a crazy place to be. 3,000 of the best soldiers in an army coming to hunt you down? There's got to be some fears that were coming at him in that moment. What if they catch me? What are they going to do to me? Like all these things, right? And here he is in this moment of fear. But what is he doing? He's, he's not just staying in that place of fear. Oh, woe is me. No, he's reminding himself. He's He's combating those fears with who God is. God, I'm not going to fear because I know that you're with me. In fact, you're providing a place of comfort for me. It's almost as if he's saying, God, you're guarding me. You're protecting me in this place, right? And, and here he is. He's, he's giving us this picture of a sound mind. So evidently, even in a place of fear, he's able to think clearly. He's able to discern, hey, God, you're still with me. I don't know if you've noticed, but throughout Scripture, when an angel would appear or God would speak, he would say, fear not. I'm with you. Man, man. So when we feel afraid, we can recognize because we have a a clear mind, we have sound judgment, we can recognize, I don't have to be afraid. God is with me. Fear is trying to cloud our vision, right? It's trying to come in so that we can't see clearly what we could see before. It's kind of like our beautiful uh, Central Florida mornings. I don't know if you've ever experienced one of those mornings where you get up, driving the kids to school, driving to work, and there's fog everywhere. There's fog across the road. Sometimes it gets thick and you can't see. You know, you're like you can't see down the road like you normally could on a normal day. And what the fog is, is just evaporated water that's in the air. And the interesting thing about fog, and I read this in a scientific journal this week, is that you could take a heavy, dense fog where you couldn't see out in front of you. And you could, over a square acre amount of fog, and you could condense that square acre of fog down to just a few ounces of water. But that's what fear tries to do, is it's trying to come and seem so big and so bad and so certain, and all the while, it's just this tiny little thing that doesn't even exist. Has no authority over us, but it's just trying to cloud our vision so we can't clearly see how faithful God has been to us in the past. So we can't clearly see the limitless opportunities that God has out in front of us. So we can't clearly see that God is a good God, that He's for us, that His promises are for good and not for evil. So we can't clearly see the path that He's leading us on. Fear wants to cloud our vision, but then we can begin to live a life of faith that walks boldly in a direction that God has leading us in. I think about in my own life before we moved here to, to Orlando to help start the church, man, we were in a place. I had been working for this guy for just a short amount of time, and I began to plant these little seeds in his in conversations like, you know, I'm getting ready to move to Florida, and, you know, it'd be, it'd be cool if I could keep working for you I and mean, maybe work from home. Begin to plant these seeds in his mind. And uh, so, came to the day where I was like, I needed to ask him, and I just asked him the question, hey, when I move to Florida, can I keep working for you from home? And he quickly said, no. I was a little discouraged. So I had applied for a bunch of jobs here in Florida, and we had uh, applied for some houses and set up some appointments. And so we flew down here uh, for a weekend to do some interviews, to look at some houses. And I do, I'm a pretty good interviewer on jobs. Like, I can do pretty good. But I went to all these different interviews, and I'm just telling you, I, every one of them was a fail, a closed door slammed in my face. It was like none of them were going to work out. One guy said, we're not going to contact you back. Thanks anyways. And I was like, thank you. Same thing happened with all the houses we were gone to look at. They were all, none of them worked out. And so we leave after these few days of feeling just like, well, I guess we got nothing. No job, no place to live. Here we are a month away from where we're supposed to move to Florida. Can I tell you, there was a lot of worries and a lot of fears that were coming at us on that plane ride back to Tulsa, trying to figure it out. What if if we keep moving this direction and we don't have any money? We don't have a job. What if we don't have a place to live? How are we going to do this? How are we going to eat? What are are we going to do? The thing about it is, we clearly knew God had called us to be here, and this was the path we were meant to take. But in this moment, everything quickly became so uncertain. We couldn't, like, we began to doubt, maybe, well, maybe we shouldn't I guess maybe it's not the right time. Maybe we just need to wait a little bit longer. But we had peace about going. We knew we were supposed to go. But fear is there trying to cloud our vision with the what-ifs. And I'm just so thankful for people that spoke into my life. Be like, did God call you there? Yeah. Yeah. Did he did he give you peace about making that decision? Yeah. Well, wherever God guides, he always provides. So let's act in faith. So you know, we did we had to make some decisions. We had the opportunity to choose to act in fear or to act in faith. So we chose like, uh, I don't know how this is going to work out, but we're going to we kept packing boxes. We kept getting ready. We went ahead and put the deposit down on the moving truck. We went ahead, we kept looking for houses, we kept looking for jobs. We went ahead and put a deposit down and, like we began to do some things to act in faith. And you know what happened? It wasn't uh, about a week or two before we were supposed to move. And this boss came up to me and he said, you know what? Um, Why don't you keep working for me when you move to Florida, and I'm going to give you a raise. Come on, somebody. God is good. When we begin to act in faith, there are limitless opportunities. And can I tell you that being at that job provided me the ability to serve in the church in the capacity that I did serving as the children's pastor when we first started. And I'm in this place today because of steps of faith that I took instead of giving in to moments of fear. So I don't know what moments of fear are trying to cloud your vision in this place today, but I'm just here to declare that the spirit of fear has no more voice in your lives, no more voice in this church, no voice in your family. It's time for us to turn up the voice of faith in our ears and turn down the voice of fear in our lives. Why don't we just do it in this moment? Let's jump to our feet in this place and begin to pray, begin to declare a spirit of faith. If fear has been ruling your life, it's time to begin to let faith rise rise up on the inside of you. If you can pray in the in tongues and the Holy Spirit, begin to stir yourself up right now. If you've been struggling with the fear, I don't know what it is. Maybe it is fear of people, fear of what other people think. What are they going to think if I share my faith? What is going to happen? It, maybe if I, some of us, I felt like God spoke so strongly to me. He said there's people who have been afraid to give because you think if I begin to start tithing and giving, then I won't have enough. I'll get to the end and I'll be without. And it's just not true. It's just a what if. And there's also the what if of the voice of God that says, what if God provides for you in abundance the way that he promised that he would? God is a provider. He's a provider. And yeah, he didn't run out of opportunities for you. He didn't run out of good plans for you. He has good plans for you. He has opportunities in store for you that were or that were lined up and ordained before you were ever made. God has good for you, so it's time. Fear, you have no right in this place. So in the name of Jesus, I silence your voice right now. Maybe you're here today and you've been tormented by fear. You've been struggling with fear. You recognize, man, fear has been running crazy in my life and it's time I'm fed up with it. And today I'm putting a stop to fear in my life. I'm turning up the voice of faith in my life. If that's you today, you're saying, that's me. Would you just lift your hand up right where you are? I want to pray with you all across this room. Hands all over the place, all over the place. I would just ask you to take a step of faith. If that's you, you're saying, I'm putting a step to fear today. Just come join me at the front right here. It's a declaration to say fear has been running the show for too long, but it's over. You better get on the horse. You better get out of here, fear, because I'm coming for you with the Word. So Lord, I thank you that there's freedom in this place today. Freedom. There's a release that's coming. There's a breakthrough that's coming that we're done with the same old ways of living. We're done with the same old ways of thinking, that we are free from fear from this moment on. It has no authority. It has no grip in our lives. So I thank you, Lord God, for freedom from fear. I thank you for filling your people right now with the spirit of love, with the spirit of power, with the spirit of a sound mind, clear thinking in Jesus' name. We are people of clear thinking. We are people. We have a spirit of discernment. We have a spirit of wisdom. I thank you, Lord God, for the spirit of love that's being poured out out the powerful substance of the power of the love of God that is driving out fear from us in these moments. I silence the voice of the what-ifs right now that have been plaguing us, that have been keeping us up at night. Lord God, I thank you for your word that says that when we lay down, we will have sweet sleep. Lord God, I thank you for giving your people dreams, giving us visions that even when we lay down, Lord God, that our sweetest sleep, that you speak to us, Lord God, that your voice in our ear is louder than the voice of fear, Lord God. I thank you for it, Lord God. I thank you for even the dreams that you've given us that we've pushed aside that have been buried lord god because we weren't sure it was going to work out. It could never be me. It could never be us. God, I thank you that even in this moment, God, digging those things up, opening doors for us that no man can shut. Lord God, I thank you for your favor that's around us, that your peace is guarding our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord God, for your power, that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We can do all things, Lord God, even where we felt like we weren't good enough, that today, Lord God, we recognize that we are your sons and we are your your daughters.